Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Sunday, June 19th, 2022, and this is day 1553 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you and honor you above all others. There is none like you. You are our sovereign God. There's absolutely nothing nothing that takes place in this earth, beneath it, above it, anywhere that you are not aware of and that you do not have control of. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to stand firm in in our beliefs in you and to move forward and fulfill the purpose you've given us for this day. I ask, Father, that you will comfort the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so, so very much for tuning in. Today's message is Radical Abilities. Yep. You got them. (laughs) It's time to use those radical abilities or use those abilities in a radical way. Doesn't mean you have to be rude or mean. It just means we need to begin to forcefully use what God has given us and not allow anything to stop us unless God says stop. All right, we're coming out of Judges chapter 3 verses 12 through 30. I mean, Judges, I'm sorry, Judges, did I say Judges? Judges chapter 3, <laughs> verses 12 through 30. Uh, and uh, I, this story, this is one that I don't recall reading before or even sharing it on the podcast, and it is extremely powerful. So let's let's dive in together. It says, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And because they did this evil, the Lord gave Eglon, king of Moab, power over Israel. Getting the Ammonites and the Amalekites to join him, Eglon came and attacked Israel and they took possession of the city of Palms. The Israelites were subject to Eglon, king of Moab, for 18 years. And this was because the Israelites, just as we do at times, we mess up, then cry out to God, please forgive me, Lord, I'll never do it again. And, you know, and then God has mercy and grace upon us and says, okay. And then we get back into that. I can't begin to tell you how many times I've, uh, especially when I um, first started out my early twenties, you know, being saved and messing up, Lord, oh, if you forgive me, oh, help me, even before getting saved actually. And, and uh, then after encountering Jesus, that began to cease, <laughs> but there were still things that I had to get straight. We all do. Until we die, we will always be asking for forgiveness for something, right? Because we're not perfect, but we should be striving to be obedient to God in every way. So verse 15 says, again, the Israelites cried out to the Lord and he gave them a deliverer, Ehud or Ehud, a left-handed man, the son of Gera the Benjamite. 
the now let me tell you a little bit about him just um uh because it it's important i think and this is in my commentary it says uh this unusual story demonstrates how god can use us just the way he made us being left-handed in ehud's day <clears throat> or ehud's day was considered an exceptional ability many benjamites were left-handed making them highly specialized troops able to use a sling or bow with tactics designed to repel right-handed warriors uh so yeah i'll leave it there now uh let's see so anyway yeah i don't want to read any more of that because it'll it'll be jumping ahead of the story uh but you know during my years coming up and even prior to that uh, at some point it shifted to where left-handedness was not considered an exceptional ability it was considered uh, witchcraft that you were evil if you were left-handed uh, that you you know were demon possession had you it was witchcraft basically and uh, even now uh, there are certain countries that it is rude to um, use your left hand. India is one of them. And if you uh, were to hand something back to someone with your left hand, it is considered rude to this day. I can remember times, even in school, anyone that was left-handed were forced uh, to try to write with their right hand because they felt something was wrong with them, which is quite the contrary, you know. Uh, Verse 16 says, now Ehud, had made a double-edged sword about a cubit long with his with which he strapped to his right thigh under his clothes. He presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab, who was very fat, was a very fat man. I thought that was interesting that they made that yeah, that The author, uh, through the Holy Spirit, made note of that. (laughs) After Ehud had presented the tribute, he sent on their way those who had carried it. So here he is now standing before the king to tribute, give him something special. He sends away his assistants or whoever was with him. But on reaching the stone images near Gilgal, he himself went back to Eglon and said, Your Majesty. I have a secret message for you. The king said to his attendants, leave us. And they all left. Ehud then approached him while he was sitting alone in the upper room of his palace and said, I have a message from God for you. As the king rose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand drew the sword from his right thigh and plunged it into the king's belly. Even the handle sank in after the blade and the bowels discharged. Ehud did not pull the sword out and the fat closed in over it. Then Ehud went out to the porch. He shut the doors of the upper room behind him and locked them. After he had gone, the servants came and found the doors of the upper room locked. They said he must be relieving himself in the inner room of the palace. They waited to the point of embarrassment 
But when he did not open the doors of the room, they took a key and unlocked them. There they saw their Lord fallen to the floor dead. While they waited, Ehud got away. He passed by the stone images and escaped to Syrah. When he arrived there, he blew a trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went down with him from the hills with him leading them. Follow me, he ordered, for the Lord has given Moab, your enemy, into your hands. So they followed him down and took possession of the fords of the Jordan that led to Moab. They allowed no one to cross over. At that time, they struck down about 10,000 Moabites, all vigorous and strong, not one escaped. That day, Moab was made subject to Israel and the land had peace for 80 years. This is quite a graphic story, I know, but it is the word of God and there is a reason, you know, and a lot of times, you know, in war, it is horrific. Uh, And in this case, the king that came in and took over the Israelites was uh, taken over by Ehud. Ehud overtook him and in his own way, uh, and he was not, see, they said, what would happen before going before the king, they were searched and the person that searched them would mainly search for the, for the left side. If they were hiding anything on the left side of their body and uh, Ehud had hit it on his right side. And, uh, but because he was left handed. And so that is how he was able to get past, um, you know, their security to get to the king with his sword. And then to see that it was for 80 years of peace, how God blessed them with a deliverer. So I will not get ahead of myself. Let me go to my points. Point number one, God will use your unique abilities that the world may look down upon to accomplish great things for him. Your obedience to him in using these great gifts will be a blessing and cause deliverance for those uh, who are bound. Although this Bible truth may sound radical and shocking, God will use us to resolve situations in whatever way he chooses. Ehud took quick and direct action. He was a frontline leader. What others perceived as weakness, left-handedness, to do a great work for God. God called him as a deliverer, foreshadowing the perfect deliverer, Jesus Christ, who also has a double-edged sword, which is spoken of also throughout the Bible, but in Revelation. So, you know, sometimes we may think, no, what I've got, it, you know, it doesn't line up with the, you know, the way the world says do it or what, you know, something's wrong with me. I'm awkward. No, you are perfectly made in God's image. And there is a reason that God created you specifically the way he did or gifted you in the ways that he did. So point number two, how often do we take swift action against sin? 
or the things in our own lives that don't line up with God's will. So here's a challenge to you to ask yourself the following and then ask God to even show you areas that maybe, you know, you're not uh, taking quick action against. Maybe it's become pretty comfortable or maybe you don't want to rock the boat. Uh, And God is saying it's time to take action and using the abilities that he's given you. So here's some things to ask yourself. Number one, when was the last time God showed you something wrong in your life and you took immediate and it could even be painful action to correct the error? What might that be that God is showing you and he's been showing you? I've shared my story about unforgiveness, which is huge in God's eyes. Any sins are, but that was a sin. And I, and, and that, you know, being unforgiving can lead to bitterness and anger. And, you know, you just, you you know, you're not fully uh, where God would have you to be. What is that, that you've been hanging on to or not letting go of? You know, it could be because of fear. It could be a protective mechanism that you're using. And God is saying, I'm your protector. Let that go. Whatever that is, give it to God. Number two, when was the last time you asked God to use the unique abilities in your life? When was that? You know, what is it that that's covering up the unique abilities? You know, what's camouflaging it? What are you hiding? Three, when was the last time you made a plan to obey God in a specific area of your life and then followed through on that plan? You know how we could start off really energetic and excited about something God has given us. Yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this business that God has given me. (laughs) I know every February in my birthday month, I always seem to have a new idea or something that I want to get accomplished. And it's really interesting how it's always been, you know, it's been that way for several years now. And, And it starts off really exciting. And then as you get through the middle ground, ooh, Lord, going through and finishing up (laughs) and completing the plan, this year doing T-Zone has been the most challenging. It's just our second year into it, but first year started off just exciting, and I'm still excited, but it was so many more challenges. The kiddos are just fine. It's just, you know, we had to relocate. We had to... You know, every day I have to take stuff home, not every single thing, but a lot of the things that I take and carry it back. And, you know, it is just, it it is different, but I'm determined I'm going to carry out God's plan no matter what. Uh, Then number four, when was the last time your life was an example to others of obedience to God? You know, people are watching us and uh, even the little ones, they're watching And we need to make sure that we are obeying God fully so they see what that looks like. (laughs) So it's time to make radical moves and choices. And it begins with each and every one of us. So a radical move that I'm making now. And uh, that is to begin the human trafficking slash sex trafficking education. I educating people in the community 
Uh, I have been to so many workshops <laughs> on this subject matter. I have met and talked to people on this subject matter. I've got friends that have, you know, shown me. I've sat in their trainings. Um, one of my friends, uh, Allison Phillips, who teaches this to police officers. And, uh, you know, she's really done a lot of studies in, in uh, human trafficking and has been working in this field for many years, along with others that I've had the privilege of meeting through her probably over the last five years. And now God said it's time. Met another gentleman who's doing training with youth, but he does it in the rural area, uh, mainly uh, with our white population. And uh, I think that's important. Uh, I also think it's important to share it also in the urban core. And, uh, you know, where, you know, sex trafficking is going on heavily, uh, is going on heavily everywhere. So everyone needs to be educated. It's not a color thing. It's not a class thing. It is a vulnerability thing. And it is evil. It is so evil. And so making sure that people are aware, understanding what it is, what does it look like, it is going on beneath our very noses. I see signs and symptoms of it in schools when I'm there, when school is in. And it's like, okay, let's do something about this. Y'all check this out. It could be sex trafficking. This girl's now young lady not wanting to go home, going to someone else's house. Uh, and even the mother's calling at the school saying, you know, my daughter didn't come home. And so what do we do? How do we become proactive instead of reacting to this evil, sinister sin? And so it is time. The Lord is saying it is time. And uh, I ask for your prayers because we're all in it together. And we're going to teach all people, you know, as many as are willing and uh, to hear the message and to get be equipped and so God is uh, preparing me to begin to do that work. I'll be doing uh, a workshop in September uh, and uh, and then working on other workshops either before or after September. So, you know, just knowing that and this is really going to hold me accountable. I'm speaking it. <laughs> and because God said it's time and to use, he said, you know, it's time to use what I've given you to begin to share this word in the city, wherever God sends me, but in our schools, in our homes, in our churches, letting people know, having workshops, educating the people to get ready, to be prepared, because this has been going on for a very long time. And Kansas City is very well situated uh, in such a way for uh, predators uh, to get it on and off highways that are so easily accessible here. Uh, so God is giving me what I need to do it. Sometimes I might think, Lord, I'm not ready. I don't have what I need. God said, yes, you're ready. And he's saying the same thing to you. What is that gift that God has given you? What is that assignment that he's given you to use with your unique abilities? There is something that God is giving you to help others. It's time to get started. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first start. 
the very first most important thing you could ever do for your life because this determines where you spend eternity, either in heaven with the Lord or in hell with Satan. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That, my friend, is the ultimate. Oh, glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website and check us out on TZoneKC.org. Learn more about what we're doing in the community with our precious youth, teaching them workforce skills, life skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, and sex trafficking awareness. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.